Yeah, I mean, executing is absolutely key and crucial, and it's about execution that uh, we now welcome our next guest to have a conversation about. Dr. Kajiso Poi is a senior lecturer from the Witz School of Governance. Doctor, welcome. It's great to have you with us on the show. I mean, that voice note really does sum up quite a number of things because it's the allocation of the money is one thing. Actually getting these things done uh, is, of course, uh, one of the more tricky things that government has to deal with. And I was struck by uh, one of the things that the uh, uh, Minister of Finance said. He said, in ports, a private partner has been secured to upgrade Pier 2 of the Durban Container Terminal. This should increase private investment in equipment, enhance technological capability, and improve operational efficiency. Many of the changes they wanted to make in the ports have been opposed by the unions. And my question for you is this. Does the Minister of Finance make these allocations irrespective of what he knows, um, presumably uh, through the networks in government, uh, is uh, is not necessarily doable because of the state of either negotiations or of, of competence uh, in amongst his government colleagues? No, afternoon, John, and thanks for having me. No, look, he he has to pay attention to the department needs because they're normally at the end of every financial year. Look, you, you as a department, you have to kind of give account of where you are, what you would need. Right. And the, the lovely thing in theory is that Treasury has its tentacles basically in each and every department, especially when it comes to the ones related to state-owned entities where they kind of do share a special relationship. And he would know intimately what is wrong uh, also behind the scenes, he probably would have his researchers also looking at it. Now, I think the key issue, and I think this is a, the point that's always been the problem with, with South African departments is post the budget, is how much power then does Treasury have to affect? Because it's, and I think citizens probably do get irritated. It's one thing to say, listen, you are this purveyor and also somebody who plays an oversight role of the budget, but why does it seem as though once the money goes downstream, your power becomes less? And I think that's always been a bit of the frustration and also yes. does maybe raise questions to especially people because this is only the first step because remember now a lot of the MECs of finance of provinces and also a lot of um, municipalities are now also going to say listen this is how we distribute it and I've always made this point on your show that look maybe the time has really come to say listen we kind of need to ask how do we cut out the middleman and for me the middleman or woman has always been provinces so that we can actually directly get say listen does John who lives in let's say X part of Joburg, does he actually see where this money goes to? Because remember, there's administrators to be paid, there's debts to be paid. And I think maybe we just probably do need to rethink about a new model. Yeah, well, the old model allocates as follows. 2.8 trillion rand, of which... 2.3 2.3 trillion rand is going to go to provinces. So, I mean, that's that's going to uh, be going on for a while. Let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Poy, because one of the things that uh, really struck me uh, was this sentence, depart- or phrase rather, departments had to reprioritize spending and absorb the wage increase within their baselines. The minister went on to say that, well, they were able to protect certain things. For example, in education, they could protect the school nutrition program. But are we, the, the increases notwithstanding, fundamentally stuck with the problem still uh, that the wage increases uh, and, and declining revenue have cut into the money available for essential programs and services? Uh, are, is, are we looking at that for at least another year? Also true, but it's also interesting because uh, what I would have also wanted him to touch on this very point that you're raising about, look, you have to now kind of reprioritize is 
the directive which came out from Treasury last year, which caused a lot of furor. And if you actually speak to people who are working in departments, they can actually tell you that, listen, part of the reprioritization is money was taken from Treasury, took money back. And it's almost as though now a lot of departments, especially the ones you've mentioned, education and even health, have to almost work on a skeleton budget. And yes. that really does kill the whole idea of services. And this goes always back. It's a, it's a 90s idea which says that, listen, once you start doing that, it's almost like you're doing a a run to the bottom because now we can no longer give you're giving services but it's not quality services and it has a spiral effect for people who you know especially in i would say rural provinces of south africa where they're getting a service but it's not to that level and that actually pushes the almost the push-pull factor to wanting to come to provinces like Gauteng, western cape and parts of kzn so it almost defeats the purpose of you know actually having a budget because if you're simply saying listen Last year I gave you 500, but during the year I took about 250, and now I'm asking you further on to add on, put in, you take care of the issue of wages. It basically means how much rand is actually left for the issues of services, especially critical services which the country needs, such as education and healthcare. I want to I want to get your thoughts on this procurement thing because I mean it was highlighted I think again it's fair to say if not by this minister but it's been a regular issue that government continues to pay a lot more money for the tools of its trade and the things that it provides the public or uses to deliver the services the public depends on uh, they're paying twice as much as they should for laptops as a bulk procurer they it should exactly uh, be working in the other direction there's a whole cost layer uh, that has been created as government procures and some people will say well that's corruption uh, it may well be an element of it but i think there's something structural there as well is that ever going to be addressed because boy is it a, a regular uh, on the budget uh, discussion table? Uh, I think the key question is that do people actually want to fix it? Because uh, there's yes. a colleague who, who looks at public infrastructure from, uh, I'm loath to have to mention his university, UCT, Mr. Gondo Masume, and he actually makes the point that, listen, there are new ways of actually arriving at costing for these these types of products, even in public infrastructure. Yes. And the, the issue is would government be brave enough? For instance, look, if you and I know the price of a laptop or of a service, for lack of a better word, how is it it's going to be different? Now, I think we can all accept that, listen, there needs to be a markup for purposes of businesses. But this thing has been ongoing for so long that perhaps that we just really do need to say, listen, in, in the initial thinking of what this system was about to do, it made sense for the 90s. But what we've seen is that people get around the system. And there are other countries that are also have thought about this and how do you actually do better with procurement? Now, I know the automatic argument from certain opposition parties has been, look, we kind of just basically need to insource a lot of these services and really get rid of them and not have to go out. But I don't think it really serves a purpose because the idea of servicing is that you're actually supposed to be getting cheaper products, uh, cheaper yes. products and saving so that we can actually get to core services. And I think maybe without having to have a commission of inquiry, I think a decision probably does have to be made where we can just basically ask a key question. You, every department gives its line items that it's going to need for the future. Maybe an arbiter within government, I think there's a, within Treasury, there's Office of Procurement, kind of just needs to do it, look at it, and maybe they're in charge, be left in charge, actually make the bulk buy for everything with the right, yes. you know, requisite protections and guards against corruption and also people being nefarious. Because I think probably that's the best way to go about it. Because in the absence of that, we literally are just 
hemorrhaging money which we could really use for better services. Thank you so much, Dr. Kakiso Poe. He's a senior lecturer from the Witz School of Governance. Some thoughts there on, I suppose, the politics of the budget and, and, and crucially, uh, what government does with either the extra allocations or the reallocations or the spending cuts that have been forced uh, upon government after uh, they took the step of a substantial increase in public sector wages. After five, we'll be looking at some of the macroeconomic numbers and the implications of that for the country and indeed for you. That's with Standard Bank's Kevin Lings. Looking forward to that at 20 past five. It's 19 minutes past four.